This is the Green Machine Podcast midweek show here to bring you the latest Irish football news that's emerged over the last few days. So on today's show, we'll be chatting about the latest developments in the continued abuse of James McLean and the momentum of support that he's finally starting to receive. We'll be discussing John Egan's injury worries as we approach the World Cup qualifiers next month and a possible David McGoldrick retirement U-turn. So here to discuss all of this with me is David from Lansdownroad.ie. And I'm also delighted to be joined by John McCarthy from Irish Abroad, who provide live Irish football statistics and updates, and we've been using them on the Green Machine page. So you can give Joe a like on Facebook, or you can follow him on Instagram or Twitter. So on Instagram, he's under the name of Irish Football Statistics. So unfortunately, lads, we have to kick things off by chatting about the James McLean abuse. So in the last couple of days, his wife Erin has detail the extent that all of this abuse is actually having on their life and it's finally starting to affect how they're feeling in terms of safety and security for their family and in their home so what do we know so far lads about these latest developments and what's been another chapter in the abuse of james mclean i think he literally just um i think on the anniversary of bloody sunday he got uh, more posts bullets in the posts uh, more abuse and all that kind of thing. I remember it came on his Instagram account. It's, yeah, it's just, just the usual. It's probably just a standard morning from the postman, really, for James yeah. McLean at this rate. As he said, and, and as Aaron, off the, the ducks back at this stage, but it's gotten to the stage where it's just crossed the line. They're kind of fearing for their safety a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's this is something that should have been sorted out years ago. I mean, where, where do you say, you know, oh, he kind of brought it on himself or whatever. I, I mean, this is, this is not just happened. This has been yeah. going on um, for probably since 2011. So 10 years now, this has been going on ever since he decided not to wear the poppy. And I think there's been an ignorance to it um, towards, uh, towards it from the press in England. You know, uh, they just have sort of not gone near it. And I, I think they've used the excuse James McLean, as we all know, Nick, you and I have done a podcast on this. He has not helped himself at times. The 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 uh, balaclava post on Instagram, that kind of stuff, turning his back on the anthem. He hasn't helped himself. However, that is minute compared to what he's been getting thrown at him. When he has been getting thrown at him, and I do think that the media have um turn their back on it a little bit now now they have no option obviously the fai are behind it now uh getting behind uh the campaign to support james all the clubs came out today we came out as well lanson road everyone came out i think um, uh, affiliated to social media to support james because enough is enough now at this rate it, it, it's it's getting boring at this rate it must be just for him as well it's just ridiculous and i just think now it, it's about time that they've spoken out even stoke have finally come out and said we support james mclean and the pfi and yeah it, it is ridiculous there is an there is a total ignorance towards uh his reason for not wearing the poppy and all this kind of stuff matic doesn't wear a poppy that's okay um even <laughs> though you know that's all right yeah the reason why he doesn't wear a poppy is because he was he basically doesn't appreciate how nato went in and bombed the shit out of fair enough his country but his country was committing or his yeah. or the president of his country was committing crimes against humanity, crimes yeah. against humanity, uh, a real modern day Adolf Hitler, Slavon Amlosovic. And no, everyone goes, Oh, that's okay, that's all right. You know, you're 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 happy for your beliefs there, but James McLean 
does it. Not on the same scale, of course, of what happened. But, you know, he's from Derry. He doesn't want to do it. Obviously, Bloody Sunday, he's had relatives and stuff like that. And he gets dragged from pillar to post by the British media as well as um, as everyone else. So, yeah, there's a lot of contradictions there, I think. And I think he's. I think this has actually lifted the lid a bit now, and I think a lot of uncomfortable observations and uncomfortable questions have been asked, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. You know, but hopefully now we're going to start seeing an end game to all this because it, yeah, it's 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 just tiresome at this rate. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Joe? I mean, this is certainly coming to a head. I mean, look, it came to a head a long time ago, but it it seems to be taking a little bit of a momentum. Hopefully, at the moment. Yeah, you'd hope. The other issues that have been addressed in the current climate um, have helped James's case. Um, obviously, there's, you know, in in recent months we've seen the abuse of players like Marcus Rashford for, you know, deeming or for daring to feed hungry children, um, and while also being uh, while also being black. And it's not just him. It's been um, it's been other, there's been other players have reported. Uh, racism uh, or racist messages uh, being directed to them across social media and it's not just I don't want to pretend for one minute that this is just an English problem you know there was uh, uh, just this last week a teenager from Kerry was <clears throat> excuse me was convicted um, and but maybe not given the, an appropriate sentence for abusing Ian Wright online yeah, for, right. the, for the crime of um, not being uh, not not scoring, I think, in FIFA while he was playing, um, which is which to my mind is just is is ridiculous. Now, I I, I'm not going to compare one form of abuse to another. I'm not going to say which is worse and which is better. Um, but I think the what's what's changed this week with what James um, has been receiving is that his his, part, his wife Erin has decided to make the abuse that his his children were getting public. Um, and I, I'm not sure why, but we seem to be have become inured to the abuse that footballers receive on the pitch. And at yeah. some point in the past, you know, it's, uh, supporting your own club wasn't good enough. You had to be, it has to be seen that you hate the opposition. And James McLean is a lightning rod for that hatred. Um, and it's, it's his his beliefs and his his stance on wearing the poppy on his jersey have uh, attracted the attention of of the very worst. Um, and I don't know if any other player gets the same level of abuse as he does. I don't know if any other player has ever received the same uh, post or parcels in the, in the mail that he's been getting. But we have seen just today that Neil Lennon has come out and support, um, supported him. And, you know, Neil Lennon should have captained his, his country. Um, but as a Catholic and as a Catholic who played for Celtic, um, he received death threats for that perceived crime. Um, yeah. And I, I, he, I'm sure he knows exactly where James McLean is coming from. And look, and and I look, we, we all support James McLean, regardless of, of, you know, where he's from or what his stances are, that kind of abuse is um, is absolutely uncalled for. And look, we stand behind the FEI, the FA, the, the Players Football Association, Stoke City, and whatever steps they take to make sure that the, the people responsible for this are brought to justice. And yeah, 
Yeah, and I think it kind of brings everything into context because if, if McLean isn't a footballer, let's say he's just someone on the street and had a row with somebody over whatever, a political view or something else, and all of a sudden, not only are you getting abuse for being Irish or not only you get, or is your family getting threats and so on, if you feel that your family or your home is under threat or in danger, football aside or anything aside, if that happens to, to the normal person, you know that that's a scary situation and you know when do the authorities get involved and neil lennon actually hits it really well like he he kind of hits the nail on the head with it and, and this whole idea that social media outlets need to be stepping up so i'll just read a statement this is just um this is from uh, an interview you did this is just off off the ball so um i've been through it myself and it's a lonely place it is okay people putting out statements saying you will support them but do it, show it. Associations, show it. It's not just James, it's all these kids who are getting racially abused in England as well. Like the young lad Danda at Swansea. It's just absolutely scandalous. I saw on Sky today the pressure that football is putting on these social media platforms. It should have been done a long time ago. These platforms don't show any accountability or look after the people on the end of this constant abuse, whether racial, sectarian or personal. And I think that sums it up really well, lads. You know, at the end of the day, if this abuse is going on for the normal person, face to face on the street, the guards are going to be involved. The police are going to be involved because that's a threat to someone's life. That's a threat to someone's family. Yeah. But I, the I, accountability is just—it's—it's it's non-existent. I mean, that—that's Neil Lennon, was it? I mean, Neil Lennon, yeah. I, I find it ironic that he's saying, you know, don't don't just say these things. Show it. I mean. This is the first time he's been speaking up on it for ten years, but anyway, yeah, he, he, he is, you know, he, he is right though. Um, I think a little bit it's had to do with it. I, I think the veracity of abuse uh, towards uh, players has stepped up because of obviously COVID and the fact that there's no nobody out there to vent their anger at these players in the stands. Really, you know, maybe has a slight thing to do with it because yeah. you know, well, we can't shout it at you from the from the turnstile or from the terraces, so we're gonna. We're going to attack you on um, social media, but it's always been there. Abuse towards footballers. I mean, football is crazy. I mean, other than I think Duncan Ferguson up in Scotland at the time when he got jailed for it. But where else can you assault somebody somewhere and not get done for it? You know, football. And also it seems when you're a football player and you're getting abuse, dogs, abuse, threats, you're kind of you're kind of expected a little bit to sort of just crack on with it. I get on with it. You get paid enough, you know, and not realizing the damage and, you know, children that maybe not understanding it and maybe a part, you know, the wife not understanding it, um, you know, and the stress and, and the harm that it does cause and the stress. So it's. I think anyway, they're going to be able to do anything about it with social media. Look, if you attack anybody on social media, you're a coward. You, there's no way you're going to say to the person's face let's be honest it's not going to happen because you get your head kicked in the only way they can do it is literally if you want so it, they have to make it harder for you to set up a social media account probably need a passport some form of identification so if you start posting this stuff then i mean darren randolph shared a post on instagram about some guy calling him a monkey yeah and you're like jesus christ you you can you can send a private message to anybody on instagram and they have access to you. I think Ian Wright made this point. Like this, I, I can't stop this message coming at me. This guy can just call me what he called him. And I just have to kind of sit there and take it. It's 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 wrong. It really is. It's just it's bizarre. And I can't understand how and why they haven't come around and taken stern measures. Yeah, Jonathan Apollobi as well. Yeah. Is another in recent times. 
can I ask you if you've either ever received abuse on on social media? Um, I've only been abused over my good looks, Joe. No, <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. I, funny enough, I get all sorts of uh, questions. I, I've never had any abuse on social media. I had a Rangers fan um, slagging off Ireland, but he just said it was a kip, something like that. Like you know, and then he put like a few, uh, or you know, the the fire thing. It's like okay, <laughs> you know, that's really it. Um, that's all. I, oh yeah, I had one guy calling me pathetic because I was given out about the greyhound. Uh, that was that, that was that was me, David. That was you, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> that was my stalker. Um, but no, I I haven't I haven't had much. Um, I have a funny one for you, lads, because even on that, and we 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 speak about this being a big issue in in England. Now we we can't just say it's England because look at Cyrus Christie a couple of years ago. That was Irish fans uh, racially yeah. abusing him. But um, during my time at Pundit Arena, I, I did an article on um, it, it was around the time that the Lions tour was or the Lions squad was being announced for the rugby. So I was asked to do an article on what would a Lions football team look like. And naturally, with Pundit Arena being an Irish website and me being an Irish fan and an Irish writer, there was <laughs> a huge a huge amount of bias uh, towards Irish players being within it. So it was very much my opinion, and you know, didn't I didn't go into stats or anything like that because I didn't want to bore people. But this this article went viral in the UK, and um, yeah, I I didn't get any thankfully I didn't get any abuse to my personal. Some of this shit on Twitter, um, you know, insane <laughs> stuff, you know, absolutely crazy stuff, but all from all from British people. Naturally, because I had about 20 Irish lads in that hypothetical British and Irish Lions football squad. But um, but some of the abuse I was getting off Welsh people, off Scottish people, English people, it was fucking insane, you know. And um, and like you, you'll always get you'll always get people disagreeing with you here, and that's more from articles as opposed to you know my footballing ability or anything like that. And you know, opinions. I, I don't expect everyone to agree with my opinion, um, especially when it comes to, to to the writing side of things. But I've certainly found when that got into the remits of the UK and when it went vi- viral in the UK, um, the abuse was far more cutting. And thankfully, I just kind of I was able to laugh it off, and I didn't feel under threat or anything like that. But if you're a footballer, and as we said, your family is under threat, your home is under threat. You know, your your wife has to. I mean. It, 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 it's desperate times. I know Aaron McLean is very active on social media and even say if James, James McLean donates money to charity or does something charitable, she's, she's one of the first people to kind of advertise it, not in a bad way, but she, but she does, she is quite active in terms of, um, you know, marketing her husband, but it's when a footballer's wife has to make a statement like that. I mean, that's, that's heartbreaking. That must've been heartbreaking to write. And she's quite dignified in it. I mean, she, she is saying things like it is water off a duck's back. And, um, you know, this has just become chalk and cheese for them at this stage. But when she's speaking about how their kids are starting to understand this, it, it really puts it into context. What a horrible situation. What a claustrophobic feeling that must be. Yeah, I mean, I think with her coming out, it's sort of added another layer to it where people aren't you know it's like oh fucking james mclean like look oh you know look for the sympathy again you know brings i think when you have the wife coming out now it's like people that will that's probably got people's attention a lot more thinking oh okay it's not just him you know it, it is his wife and we've always known it's his wife and his kids obviously getting affected by this but now they're speaking up about it it kind of just piques that interest if you will um 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a shit situation. He hasn't helped himself, and I don't know why he doesn't just get off social media. Yeah, and he did, and he, and he's back. Like it's just like everything. I mean, we, we we spoke about this a few weeks ago, and we did speak about the idea that that he doesn't help. He doesn't deserve this. No one deserves this abuse. No. Whether whether you make it more difficult for yourself or or you don't, you know, nobody deserves this abuse, or nobody deserves threats against your life. But when we spoke about that, McLean was off social media, and and we made the point, David, that back you know, we yeah, well, we we made the point that we want to hear more about his footballing ability because he's such a good see, such a good end to the season with Stoke and, and he had a really good start to the season with Stoke but we're hearing more about his social media um you know antics and then unfortunately the social media abuse he gets rather than his footballing skills and and his his footballing ability and and I think that's one of the most frustrating things with McLean like like we've seen Aaron Connolly you know come off social media because yeah. of abuse he got and that seemed to come from kind of gambling circles and so on and there is that argument that why should he get off social media like when he's just giving these people what they want but surely if he comes off social media he's not giving those trolls and he's not giving those people an outlet to abuse them well maybe yeah. it's going to happen somewhere else but yeah just I, I i mean the, these people are doing this as a sort of cowards like they're, they're cowards you know they wouldn't go out to monastery and right i want to fight you because you probably, probably box the head off them these these guys are absolute cowards and he, I think, I think the problem with James is as well. I was thinking about this today when he obviously, when he went over to Sunderland in 2011, and he he obviously made a conscious decision. I'm not going to wear the poppy. I'm not going to wear the poppy on my jersey, and that's it. I'm not going to do it. And then obviously, you know, you're up in a place like Sunderland, north north of England is obviously <clears throat> is going to be a little bit more, uh, should we say, Brexity. Uh, than, London, than London would be, you know, uh, it's, that, it's that sort of up there. And that obviously pissed a lot of people off, you know, fair enough. If you look at it, you don't go into it, you don't understand his reasons, you think, oh, he's just disrespecting this. They think when they see a guy not wearing a poppy from Ireland, they think, oh, well, that's IRA. That's all they see, flashing in big fucking letters, IRA. They're not, they don't think, well, maybe he's got a reason to. Maybe, maybe there's there's a good maybe he has a maybe he's lost people in a conflict up there in, in his you know in the country where he was born in you know they don't look into that they just see oh, this guy's just a whatever and when he made that decision obviously you can't go back in it you can't go back in it once you say i'm not going to wear the poppy what and you get abuse what do you do the next year you say all right you know what i didn't like the abuse i got so i'm going to wear the poppy next year yeah. you, you'd be pillared by your own community then so he made the decision to go with that and he's got to stick with it he has stuck with it and i think he's obviously a very proud guy he's very proud and doesn't i think he's kind of he's got this conflict going on you know he's thinking well do i do i step away or but i'm gonna let them win and i don't want to let them win and i think he should just some you know don't die in that hill just go right fuck it i can't be arsed it's it's causing me stress my family stress Whatever about him, if he can handle it, that's fine. But if the wife can't handle it and the kids can't handle it, then that's when you need to turn around and make a decision for your family and yourself and say, do you know what? Fuck this. I don't. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't do me any good. It does him no favours being on social yeah, media. Regardless, regardless of him getting the messages, even apart from that, like look at the boxing, yeah. you know, the, the boxing gym kind of scenario, the balaclava, like even abuse aside, him being on it hasn't been a positive thing. And, no. and again, like the thing as a fan, from my point of view anyway, as a fan, 
sick of headlines about James McLean. Like this is this, I mean, look, the, the the headlines of the last couple of days are completely different. I think I think they are bringing um, an issue to the fore that should have been done years ago. Absolutely. But, but 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 apart from that, as a fan, I just want to see James McLean making headlines because he's scoring goals, because he's creating goals for Stoke, because he's scoring goals for Ireland, because he's up in his game, because he's performing well. And he hasn't been performing well. For, for, I don't think, like, it's it, just my personal view, I don't think he's had a good game for Ireland in about three or four years. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more headlines about social media. As I said, these things the last couple of days, completely different scenario. Um, it's actually important that these headlines are there. Um from the perspective of, of something being done about it, not the perspective that, that it's happened. But I, I want to see football headlines from James McLean. I don't want to see anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and just probably also as well, I don't, I don't want to see this divide between Irish and, you know, Irish and English people. I mean, you see, I've seen some comments there in the page, you know, I don't want people, I've lived in England for 10 years. I've not had a single issue as an Irish person living in England for 10 years, not one. I haven't. I genuinely haven't. Uh, I, I've had a very pleasant time. Maybe I've been lucky, but from my experience in London and England is, is very positive in, in terms of people, uh, their attitude towards Ireland and Irish people. Um, you, now, you, don't hear, you don't hear much abuse of, of other Irish players. The, the last kind of Irishy abuse that I... If I'm wrong, lads, Joe, you, you might know something different. But the last kind of Irish-related abuse that I remember is Stephen Quinn calling Jack Grealish a plastic paddy. That's the last thing I remember. Oh. Not that that's an not that that's Irish abuse, but that's that's the last thing I remember from a from a abuse perspective. Like I don't remember Robbie Keane being abused for being Irish. I don't remember um, Damien Duff being abused for being Irish. In more recent times, there, there's no one I can think of, and I could be wrong. I I, I yeah. I'm, I'm not in the stands every week. I mean, but, but the, you hear, you the last Irish player. Sorry, David. No, I mean, you heard, you heard things. I remember at Liverpool, uh, my first ever game at Anfield, and uh, we were, they were playing Chelsea in the Champions League in the group stage. It was the year after they won it, and I remember hearing someone shout out, "No, oh, yeah, Duff did something." It's like, "Oh, you Irish bastard!" Like that. Yeah. But I don't think that was that, I think that that's uncalled for. But I think that was more just out of that wasn't a premeditated. I hate Ireland. I mean, the chances were. Yeah, it's yeah, he's from Liverpool. Chances are he fucking is Irish. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and you hear, and you hear that here. You hear that in the league in, in League of Ireland grounds. You hear you English yeah. bastard whenever there's yeah. an English. Oh, player. I mean, I, I I'm in Daly Main Park every week. And yeah. If it's, there's an English-born player, you do hear you English bastard and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I had I've had a shout at me because of, <laughs> in the Aviva from uh, from my mates. <laughs> Obviously, it was me over at Teddy's. But yeah, I mean that's. That's just knee jerk. That's just like an emotion. Doesn't make it right, and you know, obviously, that sort of thing should be saying. But yeah, I've, I've never, I've never seen any abuse towards uh, any other Irish player. I genuinely haven't. Um, I just think it's the whole, it's the pot. Shane Duffy must have made the decision, right? Quiet life, grand. I wear the poppy. Roy Keane as well. Where's the poppy on TV? Yeah, whatever. Probably doesn't really care. Just wears it. Uh, James McLean made the decision. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna wear this. I'm gonna stand up to this, which he is entitled to do, by the way. For sure, um, and yeah. should be supported, but it hasn't because, as I said, they see him doing that. They just think, "Oh, IRA," and that's it. And you know, I suppose for some people, the scars of that bombing campaign in the nineties and the eighties are still quite raw and fresh for some people. Um, but that's not what it's about, and that's 
the problem and that's ignorance of those people and that's yeah. ignorance of the british press that instead of actually trying to you know pour water on something they want to fan the flames because they want a story they want to sell a story you want to vilify this guy they want to piss people off they want to sell papers as well and it doesn't help and now it's it's come to a boiling point because you can't turn around and i think they've realized you can't turn around and say right we're against you know we're we're pro blm we're against racism. We're, we're, we're having a go about Marcus Rashford because he's getting racially abused, which is outrageous. And then you have uh, James McLean, who's getting secretary abuse thrown at him every fucking day. And they've clearly turned around and went, oh, OK, shit. Yeah, we don't we don't we clearly don't really like this guy. But OK, we, we, we suppose we have to do something now. And that's kind of what it feels like a little bit. And hopefully they do help him but it does feel a bit like all right yeah i suppose we, we better look after this guy as well i'm being a bit cynical there but i mean why wait for 10 years finally to do something about it you know it just seems a little bit i don't know opportunistic yeah i think there's there's always going to be that question you know i mean there doesn't appear to have been uh and you know, the, the abuse that he's been getting the, the what he's or what he's ever he's received in, in the post doesn't appear to have, you know, suddenly increased in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, that that one Instagram post aside, he hasn't done a lot to attract any kind of abuse. And no. um, so you'd kind of wonder why, why is he getting the support that he's getting uh, from the mainstream press now after 10 years of abuse, 10 years of... Yeah. Ten years of giving some giving the people that have been angry at him someone or something to be angry at, um, uh, just because he chooses not to wear a poppy. Um, uh, and you kind of wonder what there's there's no solution to this. There's no one great solution to this, but I think that educating these people on his stance rather than condemn just telling them or con uh, condemning him for his stance and letting them draw their own conclusions would be a start um you know uh, there's uh, i went to i went to see hamilton i know this is this is going to sound very strange but I, I went to see hamilton in london a few years ago and there was two guards behind me and at the end of the play they stood up or the, the, the musical they stood up and applauded and then one turned to the other and said why was the British? Why were they, Why was America fighting the British Empire? And I just thought, <laughs> I, I just thought, no, like really, is is. And I've had I've had friends from uh, Irish friends uh, move to to England and, and raise children there, and I've 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 had friends um, go and lecture in universities there, and they all kind of come back with variations on the same story that. The way history is taught is very UK centric um, yeah, sure. and uh, external opinions and are, are are not ignored, but they're maybe not given the prominence that uh, achievements of uh, the British Empire, uh, especially throughout history, uh, is given in their in their curriculum. Um, and I, you, you'd hope or uh, what? I, yeah, what I'd like to see is that some some part of the media, some part of the the government even steps forward and you know educates the people on the people of the country on on their history and on the things like Bloody Sunday, why it happened, the the reasons around it, what really did happen. But 
you know, there was a case uh, on a, one of the the soldiers was tried only recently and found not guilty. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, I I can actually totally um I can totally relate to that, Joe. I, I don't know, Nick. I don't know if I told you this story off off air or on the podcast. I can't remember, but I remember I was in this pub and a regular pub of mine um over here, and I remember this guy was was talking, and I was waiting for McGuinness at the bar, and this guy was talking shite, you know. But you you kind of you know you kind of listen you listen in and he's on about like oh i'm not racist you know I, you know i'm not racist I, you know i love everyone you know blacks you know pakistanis you know irish oh, i love the irish you know and you know i'm like oh have a listen to this now see what he says he's saying you know the irish like you know they built london you know i'm thinking yeah true you know they uh they invented traffic lights and i'm like okay possibly true i don't know um but that's a weird one and then the, then the pierre de resistance was uh and they invented potatoes. And I remember at this stage, I had my pints in my hands. And I was about to go over to my dad. And I said, no, I can't let this one go. So I put my pints back down. <laughs> I just I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Nick or Tom. And I was like, listen, mate, don't mean to do this to you. But uh, yeah, the Irish, first of all, the Irish didn't invent potatoes. Uh, they're not inventions. They're grown in the ground, first of all. Second of all, it was your guy, Sir Walter Raleigh, who on... Um, excursion around the i think the americas at the time south america brought a potato to these shores it just so happens it grows in ireland very very nicely thank you very much but it wasn't an irish thing and his face his world just fucking crumbled right before me and he's like no 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 and they were like actually yeah dave's right uh this is true and that's what you're up against that's what you're up against sometimes just this completely it's the culture and and yeah. You know, similar to the media, they they select what's covered, and they select what 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 arrives on on people's doorsteps. Yeah, it, it's a bit. Of, I mean, that's harmless. You know, it's it's, it's more stupid than anything. It tells a good story, but it's fucking harm. Like, it's harmless at the end of the day. But you get a lot of that in England. You know, just a, I think my sister told me that Cromwell to her was they were thought he was the guy to cancel Christmas. He wasn't the guy that butchered one third of the Irish population. Yeah. So real, yeah, you know, he, he, it's just the way they're, uh, the way they're taught over there or over here, I should say. And uh, that has probably been a major issue in this whole, in this whole fiasco. If they took the time to understand why he doesn't wear that poppy and to believe those reasons and the spirit of those reasons, then they would probably understand that if they were in his situation, they would probably do the same. Yeah, and such a, a deep-rooted issue that probably won't be resolved anytime soon. But if there's any resolution, hopefully social media outlets are held to more account or they can at least hold more people to account. So just moving on there, lads, and as we mentioned already, and as we you know, we do stand with James McLean on this issue. But just to move on to even more good news, John Egan looks like he's going to miss the qualifiers. So... Taken off last night against West Ham. Uh, nothing confirmed, just a serious foot injury is the statement that Sheffield United released. So we did have a scan this afternoon and it looks like the results are going to come out tomorrow. But but the, the early indications are that he's going to miss the qualifiers. So um, thoughts on that, lads? It's it's a big blow for one of our more consistent performers, albeit in a struggling Premier League side. Yeah. Sorry, Joe, you go ahead. Oh, yeah. Just going to say it's um, you know it's, it's a massive blow for one of the few Premier League regulars that we've had this season you know and not just a Premier League, Premier League regular but also the captain of his team yeah. like 
Sheffield United are, are suffering from the second season syndrome. Like no one expected them to do as well as they did last year. But um, for a long time this season, it looked like they might break Derby's record for the, the least amount of points accrued across the season. Um, uh, but they've slowly started to turn things around and they've had, they had put together a better series of, of results. Um, I think... I, I, I still think they're going to get relegated and I think that was going to happen whether or not John Egan um, was was playing regularly for them but you know you would hope that if he does put in if he is one of their better players if he did, does finish the season strongly that he could get picked up by a, a Premier League team uh, but now uh, that's depending on the severity of this injury he mightn't get that opportunity and uh, Sheffield United or Probably going to finish bottom of the table now, although West Brom are doing their level best to 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 beat them <laughs> to the twentieth 20th place. Um, yeah, and that's just for for Sheffield United. Like for for Ireland, uh, you would have anticipated that he would start uh, at least two of the three games that we're going to play in uh, in March uh, away to you know the, away to Serbia and then home against Luxembourg and maybe given the night off um, against Qatar and give someone else uh, a chance to to impress the manager. Um, I know, you know, it's probably going to be Kieran Clark plus another at centre half. Um, and that's assuming Clark can prove his, his fitness for Newcastle. Um, and, you know, if you're thinking long term, you know, Egan is... Uh, he is 28. Um, if this puts him out for the rest of the season, you know he'll be turning 29 shortly after the 21-22 uh, season starts uh, at the you know later in the year. Um, he's already had a, a pretty serious injury uh, when he, he broke his leg out on loan at, at Bradford while he was still with Sunderland and he was out for a year. Um, uh, so he, I mean he does have his. You know his 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 health and his his long term career um, are what's you know to think about. Um, but look, we hope that it's not as serious as we as we think. We hope that he'll be able to play for some part of the qualifying campaign for Ireland. And you know we hope he gets to to continue for Sheffield United in the Premier League. Yeah, fingers crossed. And not not ideal with Shane Duffy uh, out of form as well, and Daryl Shea. He's lost his place at West Brom as well. Daryl Lennon's a guy who's playing well at the moment for, for Blackburn, actually. Um, actually, funny enough, like, see people on the page this morning because we put up a post just about Egan uh, being injured, and there was about five or six people saying, get Richard Keown there. Thoughts <laughs> on that, lads? Nah, I mean, I actually, all seriousness, I... On one hand, I'm thinking, yeah, it's a big blow. I mean, he's one of the regular lads for Ireland. He's, you know, he, he seems like a good guy. But I think they're horribly... I mean, if you look at it now, and the Stevens and John Egan are, are playing in the worst team in the Premier League right now. Yeah. And I think they've, they've shifted a horrendous amount of goals as well. I think it's actually... Nothing we could do about that, but I think it's a really good opportunity to, to maybe try and blood in either Nathan Collins... Or when Daryl Shea plays, Collins, Collins is out. Collins, Collins, the qualifiers. Collins out. Oh, he's uh, suspended, yeah. is he? Bollocks. No, uh, no, he got 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 an injury at the weekend. So, uh, so Collins, Collins is gone. Yeah. 
Oh, bugger, how long is he out for? Yeah, it looks like the rest of the season. Oh, the looks of things, yeah, right. yeah. It's, go, it's a good thing I don't run a page, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, then, oh, okay, that's unfortunate. Well, I mean, Darrow Shea, Karen Clark, I wouldn't be... I don't know. I mean, Duffy was part of the Celtic team that won 2-1. Uh, he played a full 90 minutes there over the weekend. Um, I don't know if his run of form continues. I wouldn't be putting Duffy in the back four because he hasn't been good for Ireland. He, he's been very nervous. Uh, he costs us a lot of goals as well. So maybe Kieran Clark and Dara O'Shea, if Dara O'Shea is fit. Um, because O'Shea yeah, can he trust not... O'Shea? I mean, he, yeah. he does. He does like him. I mean, he's played him. He's played him all across the back four. Played him left yeah. back at one stage. So yeah, O'Shea, O'Shea Clark. I mean, he. Clark being a left footer and just being that bit more experienced. I think so many people forget that the Clark captain Ireland, you know, the, the latter stages of the 2018 campaign. So, yeah, you know, he, he, he's surely going to be the first pick and then it's just who, who comes in on that right-hand side. You know? So it's an, it's an interesting one. And just on Sheffield United, lads, uh, a lot of conspiracists with the, the foil hats going around claiming that Dave McGoldrick is coming out of international retirement. So <laughs> he's... So he's tagged himself as a as an FAI Ireland player again on his Instagram page, and he's deleted his retirement post. So thoughts on that, lads? Because that's uh, as as I said, it's it's time to get the foil hats out. But I mean, um, I think you said it off air, Joe. If you put two and two together, it adds up to four. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to to know what to think from it. You know, players change their profile pics all the time. You know, they add and remove photos from their Instagram or tweets from their, their Twitter account. Um, look, I think if McGoldrick did decide to reverse his retirement, he'd be, he'd be welcome back with open arms. He is yeah. Sheffield United's, are he's scoring for Sheffield United um, in the Premier League this season. Um, is he our top scorer this season? Like the, domestically, would be, I think he's Ireland's top scorer by a couple of goals. Yeah. Like five. yeah. Tim and Collins, yeah. uh, isn't it? Yeah, he has he has five, which is the most in the Premier League. And if he gets one more, he'll be the first player to score more than five goals in the Premier League since Shane Long got ten in the 2015-16 season Jeez. in the build-up to, to France, which yeah. is which kind of tells a whole other story. Um, look, uh, I think the formation that Kenny seems to be insistent on playing the four-three-three, you need that target man pivot uh, playing as a num- at, at number nine and look, that's the role he plays for Sheffield United um, I know people are talking about Adamida as the, the long term successor in that role but he hasn't, he's, he's just come back from uh, uh, injury with Norwich and he's still I don't think, I don't think he's He's match fit yet, and and still a rawness there as well. Yeah, he, he's still. I I think he's still only nineteen. He's not twenty. Yeah. Um. So to 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 thrust him into that, um, is expecting a lot from a from a young player, and can even do you know long term damage, uh, to his prospects. Um, it's like I said, what we're reacting to now is just a player changing photos on a yeah. on a on an app or on a website. Um. I'd, I'd like to read more into it, but you know we've seen how things go before go have gone before when players Irish players have removed you know photos of them wearing Ireland jerseys or stop following the FAI and social media. Sometimes it works out like Armstrong Okaflex and you know who still went on to play for the under 17s and yeah. well there's two players in the Premier League right now where it didn't work out. So um, yeah, it's it's. 
if he's if he's comes if he does reverse his decision, as I say, he'll be welcome back. If it's just him changing a prof, his profile photo on Instagram, well then it's just him changing his photo on his his Instagram profile. Yeah, and it kind of boils the question: Did did stepping away from the international <laughs> supplement his season? You know, because it's it's probably one of the better. Well, it's only his second season in the Premier League, but I mean, five goals. I think he's already beating his record from last year. And just finally, last something to touch on uh, that's that's emerged just before we started recording. So, David, you might like to fill us in on this one. So, Damien Duff has uh, has come on RTE for their Champions League coverage and. Um, and given nothing away about his exit <laughs> from the Ireland setup. Yeah, very very coy. As this kind of way of uh, he, he likes to sort of make very kind of sarcastic uh, type comments, like you know, he's, he's a typical dub. Yeah, basically, he's he's, he's come on there and RT on the Champions League coverage. He's basically said that um, well, first of all, he felt he hasn't let anyone down, um, which I don't agree with personally. Um, he, you know, he he wouldn't be happy there if he had a stayed. I mean, why wouldn't he be happy if he, if he had a stayed? What? Why is this? And I think he does owe a bit of an explanation to this. He wants to keep it private. He wants to keep it personal. He did say, you know, to, to RT when they asked him onto the show, uh, he said a month ago, oh, well, you know, we've got to ask you about that. I was like, really? Um, well, yeah, really. <laughs> really, they do have to ask. You can't just down tools and then say right, i don't want to talk about it i'm sorry it doesn't quite if you want to have a, a career in this uh industry you kind of have to just ex, you have to explain it a little bit you have to give us some sort of context there otherwise you're going to just get rumors flying about the place that could be they could be false they could be true and it can be damaging so uh, i don't i don't agree with him saying that he hasn't he hasn't let anyone down or he hasn't let his country down I don't agree with that. He has also said that maybe Stephen Kenny will go out and get someone better. Uh, and he's already done that with the goalkeeping role. Um, now, obviously, we, we know Alan Kelly stepped down, apparently over asthmatic issues. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, you know, and there was some rumours going about that and that he had to actually uh, rebut himself, that he was the man that went to uh, the Daily Mail or he went to the FAI to complain and uh, subsequently got leaked to the Daily Mail, uh, which is a very, very unusual, unless you want to do some serious damage to the manager, a very unusual publication to go to about a pro or anti-English video. Because, um, I mean, who else is going to make a bigger stink of, <laughs> of it than, you know, the Daily Mail? You know, it gets any more right-wing, like, you know, Jesus. But, yeah, it, it's just... I think it's, it's going to create... I think... He's gonna. He he needs to come out and talk about it, and just get it out in the open, and just go right. This is what what it was, and then just that deal with that, and then it's over with. Otherwise, it, people are gonna ask him about it for years. It's gonna just keep keep going on. If he thinks it's just gonna go away, and he wants to have a a career in coaching, so it's not gonna go away. And I think it's a shame. And you see Richie Sadler kind of sitting there, looking very suave, by the way. Really, really smooth. You want to check it out, lads? Doesn't he always? Oh, he does. Like fucking. That's for Duffer. Duffer is like belly hanging out on on his fucking shirt. Like his shirt looked, about, <laughs> looked like he was going to do a whole Kogan and, and rip his shirt. But uh, yeah, you, you know, and and Sadler saying that uh, Sadler saying that yeah, we we can't lose people at the caliber of Damien Duff. And I agree with that, by the way. I've never met that. Well, actually, sorry, I didn't meet Damien Duff once. But from what I've heard is that he's a super coach and he's not just in reputation, he's also there on ability and he is a big loss. And 
if that if the issue is right, you had a problem with Alan Kelly, which you've hinted at. Fine, he's gone now. So why don't you just stay in the camp? But he's clearly like effed off, and he he's just kind of fucked off and gone. Right, I've had enough of the of the whole thing. I don't want to get involved, and I think that's a shame. And yeah, a, a little bit immature. Yeah, what do you think, Joe? Um, uh, I think this is probably a story that's going to run. I mean, yeah. surely Damien Duff knows that every time he goes on telly now, or every time he gets, you know, does an interview for a newspaper or, or a website, it's what he's going to get asked about. Um, you know, it's 20 years, nearly 20 years since I banned, and we're still, it's the, it's the first thing that Roy King gets asked about in a press conference. Um, yeah, my, my own feeling on it was that a lot of things... Uh, a lot of things went wrong for the manager in a very short space of time. The players retire all the time from international football, but usually it happens at the end of a campaign, not with you know high-profile friendly and uh, and two competitive games left to play, as happened to David McGoldrick. Um, managers will try different motivation techniques, and sometimes they they work, and sometimes they backfire. Like Roy Keane took uh, Sunderland to uh, an army. <laughs> training camp for for to go on maneuvers overnight once um i remember reading was it years ago i think it was uh bassett took our uh, yeah, sheffield united uh, had their christmas party in august because the previous season uh they went on a run a run of wins after they had the christmas party in december and, and ended up staying up um so yeah look stephen kenny had wanted to I'd wanted to get uh, speakers in um, before the England game, and for uh, look for reasons you probably associate with the the ongoing global pandemic, he was able to do this. So you know they have this video, um, and it doesn't go down well. And then Alan Kelly, who's been a a stalwart of the coaching setup under more than one manager, um, suddenly decides to step aside. So I think Damien Duff. Also deciding that he was going to step down, um, it's it could be like taken alone. It doesn't really mean anything, but taken as part of everything else that's happened in, you know, a little over two months. Yeah. You know, is there that you kind of start to wonder if there's something else going on? Um, I, look, I'm the same as you. Um, I have I did actually I sat next to Damien Duff. At the game versus Belgium in France in Euro 2016, um, and he, he ignored me basically. But he seemed like a, he, he 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 signed every photograph. I signed every autograph and took every photo he was asked. So he seems like a, uh, like in in the brief period I was in his company, he did seem like a nice chap. Yeah. Um, and you know maybe there isn't anything more than than what he's saying. But he is going to get asked about it. You know, it could just be that he wasn't comfortable, or he thought he could be he could uh, he'd be better served working with the the under 17s at Shelburne, and and maybe that's all there is to it. Um, but to expect that he's not going to get asked about it every time he appears in front of a camera or behind a microphone, um, it's a bit naive. On him. Yeah, and of course, a bit naive to to maybe assume that, but. I think the more things that are said in the next few weeks, the more that those those wounds are going to keep opening about video gate and we'll probably come to more of a conclusion of what actually happened. So that's all we have time for tonight. So we have an exciting episode coming up at the weekend on Saturday. We're going to have an interview with ex-CEO of the FAI, not John Delaney, but Bernardo Byrne. 
So Bernard's going to be talking to us about Aircon Park. So a very obscure one uh, for, for you to listen to at the weekend. So just want to thank Joe for coming on. And just remember to check out Irish Abroad for all your Irish football statistics. Definitely a staple of my footballing, um, my footballing socials and something that I always keep an eye on. So thanks to Joseph and of course, thanks again to David. But until next time, mind yourselves, have a good week and come on you boys in green. Bye, bye. Bye.